Hello, Mech Warriors, and welcome to the Mech Bay, where we fix your mech and fix your game. What's going on, Mech Warriors? Welcome to the Mech Bay Podcast. Have it your way, but don't get crazy. What's going on, Dustin and Denim? Welcome back, boys. Howdy, howdy. Oh, it's that Dustin kind of a night. with the cold one. How's it going, guys? We don't want a repeat of the last incident now, do we? <sighs> Bring it up for the class, Dustin. I got plenty extra. I'm a lightweight. All right. So tonight we're going to be talking about the format wars and what all that entails, the casualties of the battlefield, and hopefully the swift resolutions. But until then, let's break down some hobby news, hobby progress, and anything else we can dig up out of the old logistics quarter. All right, so we do actually have some Battletech news. It's been a slower, but we've had the new Mercenaries packs hitting the shelves. Have you guys uh, seen those yet? That's the I, one with I've the... I've not seen a real one in the wild yet. I'm excited about it. Um, my, mine shows up next week, so yay. Oh, nice. Got it on pre-order. Just a little Which, one. Just a little one? I'm just nope. ordering one Lance right now. I'll have another Lance later. Uh, but no... So, yeah, the Hanson's Rough Riders Battle Lance has the Reposed Atlas, the Enforcer, the Flying Hatchetman. Or is that the Axeman? I can never tell between those two. Axeman's big guy, Hatchetman little guy, right? I think it's a Hatchetman with a rack. That's why. Yeah, it's the Hatchetman. It's the Jumping Hatchetman. And then we have the Long-Awaited Penetrator. <laughs> is it Long-Awaited? <laughs> There are a few people. Yeah, some people. Uh, We don't talk about those people, but they've been waiting. I'm going to avoid all the low-hanging fruit. Um, Well, Dustin hasn't had enough beers to to take the low ground yet. Yeah, not just just yet. So that's the first one. Apparently, the other three are just like the dropship behind. Like the, the date is now essentially, and there's no set date of when the others are being released. It's just essentially as they come off the line and you hit the right. dropships. It'll be a surprise. Yeah. I will say Fortress Miniatures and Games has already gotten their first shipment in package and shipped out, and they are now receiving their second shipment from the distributors. So they are they, fast. They. <laughs> We haven't even seen it in the wild, and people have gotten their deliveries from Fortress by now, which I think is insane. They just have like drop ships out there at the pirate point, just, just sabotaging shipments as they come in. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I know I will be picking up a jumping hatchet man to convert into a, well, jumping hatchet man? I don't know. D- do you convert something that's already how you want it to be? That's no. not technically a conversion, it's been pre converted. It's been pre-converted. But we all need to assemble our all-jumping mech lance. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Totally. Dustin doesn't want to. Yeah, I'll be a little contrarian and say I don't like any of the jumping um, Oh, we know you don't. There's a lot of people who don't. You're not alone. Oh, I'm not? No, yeah. There are a lot of people who just don't. And I'm like, okay, don't don't attach the jumpy smoke to them. They have have an alternate base to connect the... um, to connect the feet to if you don't if you choose not to use the smoke some of them have cool little smashed (laughs) things like like a smashed urban mech um because you know the legs are in a jumping pose so you have to do something with that are you telling me i get a fifth base with a purchase of four mechs yeah 
That is that is the that's most the deal. That's the most efficient deal I've seen on any BattleTech <laughs> pack. Like comes with free battle armor. Eh, that that's so last year. No, I want free base. Yeah, Josh, free basing. You hit her here first. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to say that's what sold me, but it definitely sweetened the deal. Uh, Ill Clan Rec Guide is up to thirty-one now. We only have one left. Oh, oh. This one has Savannah Masters. Yeah, but it's a Savannah Master. It's I iconic. There's a select, and you know who you are. There's a select few who are ranting and raving, so excited for the new Savannah Masters. Right? I know people like that. Yeah, there's also some new battle armor for Clan Wolf, which everyone, you know, likes. Uh, My ears perked up. There's only one left, so then we'll do a big old breakdown on that, right? Yes. Yeah, that's the plan? Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> Everybody's, yeah. Favorites. Um, we had an actual, like, points update for Alpha Strike, for our, you know, Alpha Strike contingent of players. The <laughs> master unit list has been updated for the calculation affecting infantry, including battle armor and regular conventional infantry. So if the unit has mechanized or external mechanized or cargo eight or less, it can no longer receive the brawler discount. So that's oh. pretty much, yeah, that's most infantry apparently. So yeah. if you only had short damage, you don't get a discount for that anymore. And if you really didn't move more than like six inches, you don't get a discount for the not movement. So oh, that's going to affect some things, <laughs> you know, like tortoises. <laughs> yeah. Like tortoises. So regular elementals didn't change because they are like right outside of both of those gates. But I think that's big, fair. Yeah. yeah. Which it's also like, if, is your flagship, you know, battle armor balanced? I would hope so. Like, right. Yeah. But it also is kind of like, okay, it does enough stuff that it ticks enough boxes that it's, I, I would say, already pretty appropriately priced, like the regular stock elemental. Mm-hmm. But yes, they big losers on this are tortoises, iron holds, grenadiers, and just regular foot infantry. The Tortoise 2, we're looking at a 25% increase in points. Whoa. Yeah. I did not know about this. Now I'm going to see 25. So, so they should be like 20 points. That, yeah. When you said you were going to go to Southern Assault and, um, and, and, you know, see how that changes the meta, it, it actually, you know, they did some errata. They did some, some nerf <laughs> do hammering. You, do you think that the Southern Assault influenced those decisions? I, I think I would, I would think so. I mean, it was a. Okay. I don't Do think I, it was a. I think, I, you're taking a small point out of a big pool and saying, "Did this piece of water affect it?" When small, that was a big tournament. I would love to say that it affected it, um, but that's just my optimism showing through. I don't Probably think it not. had anything to do with it at all. All right, all right. Maybe it was. I, I wish that it did, but uh-huh. most likely not. Yeah, these are much more reasonably priced. Let's see, the ones I used went from fifteen to. 20. 20? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a reason they were doing 33% well. 33% more. S- still a deal at 20 points. My poor Sylph battle armor have gone from my original 10 points to <laughs> the uh, next errata to 11. And now after this one, 15. Oh, a tragedy. 50%. <laughs> How could you? My list hasn't changed at all because I use regular elementals. <laughs> Denim's like, I don't smell like cheese. <laughs> this didn't affect me. Sylph battle armor aren't cheese, they're flavor. <laughs> uh, but no, so just real quick, do you think this 
I, I would like to think that we all could see that there were some price discrepancies for the super slow, like not paying for any movement, aka the brawlers, but also only having a short damage bracket. So the tactic was you either get a cheap transport, run them, drop them, mm-hmm. or an Omnimech, run them, drop them, and then they do all the damage. So now, like I said, 20-25% increases across the board for those. Yeah, it was it was definitely being taken advantage of. I mean, it was in the rules and everything, but that's what, what I like to call a loophole that, uh, that I'm glad they plugged up. But has it gone far enough is the question. That's, we won't know until to we be play determined. more. Yeah. yeah. I still don't think that's enough. The problem is I don't want battle armor to be the over-efficiency choice in battle mech combat right i would have to play with them again at 20 points to make like a heart or to have a harder opinion on it but they you can just target the infantry and kill them and they disappear they only but that means you're not targeting a mech correct so and they're uh, the typical you know with the stealth and the being battle armor they're two up so in medium range with f- skill level four those are eights it's not mm-hmm. too hard to land four eights on a, you know, in the context of a 300, 400 point game. If you're Josh, you, it's not a problem. Normal <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? But yeah, we got to put them on the table and find out. Yeah. That, that's the only answer. There will be some people who are happy. There were some upset people concerning <laughs> the tortoises at Southern Assault. And the people they um, were unhappy at will be unhappy about this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, considering Deathray Designs just designed their tortoise to kind of stand in battle armor. So their proxy. Oh, yeah. they did? Yeah. Yeah. So you I can mean, see I that. Love to get That's on Fortress right now, actually, and it looked good, and I was really tempted, but I was like, no, <laughs> I'm going to wait. i wait just a little bit. All right. So we've got, like I said, Hanson Rough Riders hitting the shelves, and like I said, second, second jump ship of that's coming in. Got to wait for the others. The rec guides out. We got one more, and then Alpha Strike points update. So, anything nice. else for news? Nope. That's a, that's a busy biweekly schedule for a dead hobby, as somebody told me. <laughs> right. <laughs> They've only been around since '86. It's totally I was, dead. <laughs> I was listening to another podcast, and they were they they talked a little bit of crap on BattleTech, and they're like, "You hear that? That's six people typing right now." And I was about to <laughs> say something. And the thing I was going to say is there's like 12 people. Okay. (laughs) It used to be six. Now it's 12. Anyways. All right. So let's get in some hobby progress. Okay. What have we been up to since last time? Who wants to go first? I'll go first because I'm almost done. What? Yeah, I'm I'm on my third company of the second sort of light. Um, I I was going to stop at a battalion and I'm almost there. So I'm done painting red. Nice. Yeah. It no longer looks like I've just murdered people on my painting desk. <laughs> it no longer looks. You actually are now doing that. <laughs> uh, Josh, how about you? I I did not realize this, but my airbrush has been 90% clogged. Like I had forgotten <laughs> the proper needle depth or length outside of like the nozzle. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, it being like right at the edge and only being like, whatever like the lead on a pencil is like when you're uh-huh. writing like take that in half i'm like oh yeah that's that's normal distance for that and then i like swap needles with another one and i was like oh my god this one's this this is out so far i'm gonna break this off and i realized wait is my other needle like 
is my brush clogged that bad? And I literally had to shove a rod through there to like clear it out. And I was like, oh my God, this explains so much of why painting is becoming harder and harder. Mm -hmm. So clean your airbrushes, clean your tools, kids. You need some Lipitor for that, uh, for that airbrush. Oh, that that cholesterol. Don't, don't, I see. I gotta, I gotta (laughs) talk to the doctor. Um, but yes, <laughs> you guys uh, aren't old enough yet. <laughs> I have high You'll blood get there. pressure. Uh, high cholesterol, not blood pressure. Blood pressure is fine. Very high cholesterol, actually. Um, but no, I got all of my Snow Raven, what is, whatever, the unit of weird galaxy. Wait, you're, yeah, yeah, galaxy. Are you, you're going Snow Ravens? Yeah. So you're going from, from a bluish green paint job to a teal paint job? Is oh my God, you're just like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and... <laughs> there are there are several standing on my hobby table right now and i hate to say but i was i i tried painting blue blue to teal and i didn't like how that looked then i tried painting like gray to teal and i didn't like how that looked either so i had to come up with my own blend of like dark reaper and a little bit of another like stegadon blue or something i can't can't even remember like it was a weird combination but i got it all done in one night so I was like, I never have to do it again. <laughs> I say that to myself. You got um, a whole galaxy in one night. That's yeah. nice. But then I take them downstairs to like do like, okay, let's let's draw let's do the test scheme to like 90% completion, see how it looks. I, I I'm gonna be honest, I only know how to paint Comstar and Diamond <laughs> Sharks. And what I ended up doing was just airbrushing them Comstar white and then throwing <laughs> teal um uh washes on them through the airbrush to like tone them nice he's like i used like three quarters of a games workshop wash to just turn comstar into clan yeah so you underpainted and then you yeah but it was like you on it i literally it, it used the exact same process of doing comstar i'm like why would i do that i could have bought any other teal color and just been just as happy but no um but then I come downstairs and I start dry brushing. And guess what dry brushing turned them into? The sea box. Yeah, yeah. Saying. It looked the exact same. Like, even my wife was like, I know you can paint other colors <laughs> than white and blue. And I'm like, I don't know if I can anymore. Is it? Um, can I? So I got them teal through the wash. And then I tried dry brushing blue. Can't dry brush. Dry brush gray over the teal. And it looked really good. Like, I was real happy with that. Nice. So I got my problem, Dustin, with blue that even his uh, even his Draconis combine came out purple. It's bad. What? Yeah, because he uses blue so much. So you know, combine oh, is red. No, oh. Josh. Josh. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just completely. Dustin's on a. I ruined that already. for you, Dan. <laughs> I know, that was a great it's... setup, and then you you lobbed me a softball, and I just, <laughs> just hit you it. square in the chest <laughs> right there. What? I was playing with butterflies in left field. <clears throat> okay. But yeah, so what I'm where I'm going in with this is I got my test scheme finally done. Like it took me, you know, three tries, but I finally got happy with the base color. But then I was like, I have no concept of what the cockpit color should be. So I painted every color <laughs> on the same mech. Like I painted it, took the picture, then painted the next cockpit color. I went from yellow to red to green to purple iridescent purple like the color shift purple to pink and i'm okay. like i had thought about putting color shift paints on my cockpit is it big enough for for that like can you can you see the color shift 
Like I know you, on a Battlemaster cockpit, it should look okay, but on on normal mech cockpits, is it is it worth doing that? Because I really was thinking of it. You won't be able to see it from like a glance, but if you're like looking and like turning your heads, like your opponent will notice them because he'll look and be like, it'll look like dark purple there, and then you they'll go to the other side and when they'll look at them and like, wait, why are those light blue cockpits? Mm. Okay, so you, it is big enough to to see at some point i may i may try that just to see yeah um but i'd do like a, a green yellow or an orange you know some sort of like the, i tend to the key is you need the, the glossy black base coat on the cockpit i've got that i could do that yeah but yeah that's the key because you need the really like high fidelity black under it so if you can't get that like a good coat of that under like i know some cockpits are really just lines i don't think they would work for that i think it'd almost just right. be easier just to take a base color put a shade on it, and call it done but for the guys with the big cockpits you know the battle yeah. masters and stuff i may try that just yeah. to see like i did a shadow cat because i was or like maybe- oh that's that's a big flat square that's got roughly three different types of cockpit sizes in it maybe i'll just save that for my for my museum size mechs yeah instead yeah. So, i mean not, it looked good stuff. look good so, and the key is you can still highlight it so you do that and you still do like the white lensing at the top so you went with a uh a pink is that the one you like the most i have not decided yet i'm oh, okay i'm polling well, instagram and the discord and, and multiple other discords on what they think is the favorite so with the blue and the yellow and the pink you kind of you have kind of a triad scheme going on so the color wheel found you I mean, where I'm at now, you mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. I stopped on the pink. Yeah, that's a triadic uh, color scheme. Okay. You, you, yeah. Well, if you, if you pull up a color wheel and you split it into a peace sign, you'll see blue, orange, and pink, or slash magenta is more of a triad, but you're close. So, and you don't have to live and die by the color wheel. So, good to know. Good to know now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could have told me that you- five paint schemes ago. Yeah, just roll out the color theory, man. Just in the Google color wheel, boom. And then you can you can even find fancy ones that let you change your hue and saturation and give you the split complementary or complementary or triadic color schemes. It's too much. That's too much. Or it's not. I don't know. Uh, but that's enough for me, what I've been doing. Dustin, what have you been doing? I have been working on my backlog. So I think I talked about that in the last episode. I've, I, don't, I batch painted some stuff. Just some mooks, got those out of the way. I've been working on my infinity models. Those are taking a while. I'm putting like three to four hours into each of those guys. So another week and I think those will be done. But that's what I've been working on. Just just the infinity models. My Tartary Armor Tartary Armor Core. Tartary Armor Corpse. Core. Core. Not corpse, because Not then you corpse. sound like yeah, you sound like a silly person. It's core, man. Uh, so I've been working on that. That's pretty much it. So for our big go players out there, that that's no battle tech. Is that what I heard? That's I am. I've had one game in like the past three weeks and it was indeed an infinity game. <laughs> um, I'm also trying to infect this person with the battle tech bug. So we'll see how that goes. I've just, it's been hard to get out to the game stores on the days that you guys are playing. It's my well, that, life. that leads me into games played because I did a uh, a beginner box for some guy. He, um, oh, nice! He, he wanted something for his for his eight year old, and he's like, "I'm not going to be able to 
read these rules. You know, if I read mm-hmm. the rules in front of him, he's going to lose interest. So I need to know what, what this game is about first. So I ran him through a beginner game, a beginner box game and he got the beginner box and now he's taken it home to his nice. kids. So excellent. So spreading the game. Good for you. New blood investing in those future players. That's right. That's right. All right, so let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into making a format. Well, howdy, folks. I'm Kenny Taro, owner of the Kentaro Missile Dome. You may also know me as your number one dealer in indirect explosive ordnance. Now, our recipe for high-grade missiles start with our padded and long-range guidance systems. Take this long-fire LRM. You may not think much of a single missile, but the missile knows where it is at all times. It knows this because it knows where it isn't. Now, you put 20 of these bad mamma jammas together, and we guarantee the only deviations you'll see are your enemy's survival rates. So come on down to the Kintaro Missile Dome on New Texas and ask for that Kintaro special. All right, and we are back. Now, the big question is, is how to play Battletech. But not rules-wise or unit-wise. But how do you have this social contract knowing what to bring what list to take what era what unit limit bv all of these little minutia of questions mm-hmm. that are just float around and no one knows battletech has too many options you have to have a format yeah. it's chaos without it yeah. the problem is is it there is no one correct answer but there are definitely incorrect answers. <laughs> definitely. So let's get into that. Yeah. So what is a format? Let's let's just define the problem slash solution right out the gate so everyone kind of knows a little bit more about what we're talking about. So when I say format, what do you guys think? Organized way to play that that has you know built in constraints so that everybody is on the same page and you could just say, I'm going to play this. And there's no questions. You just know. You have a piece of paper you can look at. Bam, you know what you need to bring. There are no questions. That's, in my mind, what a format in this situation is. So all those questions you ask yourself when you get the the time to play that pickup game or that structured game, what am I bringing? What am I allowed to bring? How many points is it? What kind of units am I allowed to bring? There's so many kinds of things you can bring in Battletech. Am I allowed to bring long-term artillery? How about you, Josh? What do you think? Anything that puts your list in a box. I'm going to say it's anything. A format is anything that restricts me, restricts what I can take, restricts kind of what I buy almost, because I'm not buying things that I can't use. So even even a format for a casual event, like, hey, we don't we don't play that here around here. I was like, well, I bought it. And they're like, sorry, find someone else. But it's, it's not it. I bought a whole company of experimental mechs. You mean to tell me I can't bring any of them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that that's how I define format. Anything that changes what I do. That, that's that's really like the most baseline answer. What's that? What's that movie that everybody quotes? Don't nobody puts baby in a corner. That's oh, what that the is, format does. That is it's, footloose. It's no. Footloose. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. That is not. Oh, oh God. Uh-oh. Uh, that Send is dirty dancing. dancing. I apologize. I got my Kevin Bacon movie. <laughs> I say Patrick Swayze is going to come to your house from the mistaken grave. Mistaken with my. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever puts baby in a corner. 
unfortunately, there's three movies that take up the same brain cell. Red Dawn, <laughs> Footloose, and Dirty Blue Dancing. <laughs> and, and there's Kevin Bacon and Patrick Swayze in, you know, three of those. Not in the same combination, but, you know, and my wife's now angry at me, but... To us, a format is anything that restricts how you play, whether that be for an event or just casually at the random pickup games on a Tuesday or Friday night. Uh, now, there are some formats that currently exist for specifically paddle tech. Now, each of them has its own distinct twist on a couple of the same problems, but I'd say the big ones right now are the BTCC, the BattleTech Tournament Championship Circuit, mm-hmm. uh, WolfNet 350, but that's more of just an alpha strike format right. you've got the Goonhammer format which Goonhammer put out an article was kind of going on their basics how to pick up and play a game there's the mrc which we've talked about which is a basic you know take this so you can score matches mm-hmm. and then there's the brooklyn format which is more just like a here's a casual set of basic outlines and guidelines so I see that some of these are like tournament formats and others are pickup game casual formats. So I guess we'll we'll go over as we have this conversation. Are formats needed? Are they essential? And when are they essential or needed? Like, is it, are they always needed? I mean, not every, yeah, not every format is built. Hot take, yes. (laughs) I mean, every time. Part of the social contract is when I arrange a game with you, Denim, or you, Dustin, we build a format. You build a format in the chat box real quick. Oh, what era are we playing? Oh, how many PV? Boom. You just gave birth to a full-blown format just there. A little format, baby. Right. But we went, like, what, what I'm referring to is a standardized one that is just, you know, we could point to a list. Which format are we going to do this one? So that way we don't have to come up with a new one every single time we yes. want to put a game together. Yes, we just point be. at a list and say format number 37. That That's what we're doing today. That is a lot of formats. <laughs> <laughs> there probably, probably are, if I searched through the Battletech forums, probably 37 pe- people's attempts this year. Oh, <laughs> this easily. Year, yeah. And it's only February. <laughs> only february all right so yeah so you can build a format for quote a competitive event or a casual event the big difference between those is a casual event really only needs to exist for that small instance of time like you will use it and then you will build the format for the next game mm-hmm. uh, your competitive formats they kind of need to exist you know with a solid foundation so if people want to buy things and you know travel and make plans to play that game far far in advance it needs to not change enough so they can do that right it does take a long time to paint miniatures do we want to go into the basics of like restrictions or is there anything else we want to talk about right there no i think that's i think we covered it all okay quick let's break it down let's get into the nitty and the the concept is 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 easy it's the details. That's that's what makes this difficult. Yes. That's where the Jerome Blake is in the <laughs> details. I don't always have good ones, but every now and then. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, so I think everyone could agree. A format has like a few basic moving parts. And the right. first of those for a Battletech game is what points level 
are you playing it? How many BV or how many PV are we running? Right. Yeah. So this is pretty basic. If a format lives, it coexists with the actual game that actually happens with people. And if your format is, you know, 40,000 battle value, lets everybody bring a battalion, you're, you're not going to finish that game in a day. That format might be okay for a multi-day game, but you know, your, your battle value or your point value is going to not exclusively influence, but largely influence the scope and the time for that game. So agreed. Like it, it's definitely, it's in direct correlation with the amount of time it's going to take to play a scenario or what type of scenario is going to be played? Like, is it, is the objective going to be destroy all the mechs? If so, no, you know, 40,000 mm-hmm. BV, it, it's, there's no way it'd be a weekend per game. Yeah. But if it's, you know, get to this one spot, it might be pretty quick. It, it depends, but it, it's going to influence the, the point value or BV value is definitely going to influence the type of missions or the amount of time that you can play them period. Yeah. Yeah. Directly related. Yeah. And it's also kind of a secondary limiter for what you can take. Like a lot of people don't realize this, but if you, if your BV is too low, you can cut off some choices and if it's too high you're also cutting off some choices so there's also a sweet spot for (laughs) point values if you don't allow people to bring enough it will extend your (laughs) playtime true yep the other half of like the bv slash points limit is the number of units because if you if we want to just throw out forty thousand. Why, why did you just pick another IP's number of points? 40,000? I, I just I, thought 40,000. Oh. <laughs> um, if you want to pick a ton of battle... So there's a very, very diverse cost for units in Battletech. Some units are very, very cheap, and some units are very, very expensive. But when it comes to bringing models to the table, having space to put those models on the table, and creating some balance for the min-maxers, um, another limit or constraint to put on your format is the number of units you are allowed to field. It can keep people from doing the the 50 Savannah Master Rush for the same amount of points as you could get like three mechs. Yes. Without a format, we have the 36 Savannah Masters as a legal option that destroys everything just by sheer weight of cruise missiles running across the table. I did it to my brother once when we were very new and I said, sure, we can take 10,000 battle value. And I brought a lot of Savannah masters. He was very (laughs) unhappy with that game. So that is why we put a restriction often a minimum and a maximum maximum is kind of obvious, but also a minimum can be important for your format. So think about both. Think about your minimum units and your maximum units. um, and What you allow. I mean, hopefully the minimum should be greater than zero. <laughs> hopefully. I don't know. Just one nuke. That's all I need. That's not a unit. Well, <laughs> I could spend all my BV on it. You, if, if your battle value is high enough, you can bring a dropship. You can bring an overlord to the game. So they are units. Can, they, are, they are legal they are units, units in an unrestricted game. Yes. So that kind of segues us from the minimum maximum number of units into the what kind of units, because there are, I mean, you can bring submarines, you can bring battleships, you can bring dropships. Bro, bro, I hate looking through total warfare and it's like, why do I have to go through aerospace and support vehicles to get to battle armor? <laughs> like I, 
these two sections of this book should be after the second most commonly used mm. unit. So yes, the next kind of restriction, and this is perhaps more specific to Battletech, is what kind of units are you allowing in your format? Are you allowing dropships? Are you allowing aerospace? Are you allowing infantry, battle armor? Hopefully you're allowing mechs. I'm going to make a format. No mechs allowed. <laughs> but that's that's fine. If that's the format you're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of units is tough because... I mean, I I have done the dropship versus the Atlas, you know, zero zero pilot on Mega Mech. It's fun. It's fun to try like once or twice, and then after mm-hmm. that, I'm like, this is not a well balanced, well organized game. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like BattleTech, there there's a type of way that BattleTech was designed to be played, and if you step too far out of that box, it does break it. Yeah. So. I mean, that's, I guess that's one of the reasons why you need to have a format is to keep people from intentionally or unintentionally breaking how the game is supposed to work just to make it more, more fair for everybody who is trying to play. I mean, the original game, correct me if I'm wrong, Denim, but the original game engine is built around a lance versus a lance of mechs and everything else is glued on. That is correct. Yeah. So easy to break. Especially when it's built like that. In the beginning, Blake Blake created 16 mechs, <laughs> and he said they were good. Uh, but not so good that he didn't also include the how to construct your own mechs, because he knew. He knew. <laughs> that was going to sell a lot of boxes. So even just outside of what units you can take, some people like to set what kind of equipment those said mechs can take. Because Case. as much as we all want to run Skinwalker slash Ryokin threes <laughs> with enhanced imaging and was it no gyro? Yep. We don't want to spend three hours looking up the rules for said unit and having right. the entire game time be <laughs> that person explain what their unit does. Or certain kinds of equipment are especially not fun. I'm surprised you didn't mention the T Semp cannon. My, my Poseidon will teach you about it. Uh, but that, okay. So the equipment section out of all the sections that we've, that we've mentioned so far, mm-hmm. like all of those, I can see us coming up with a good, with good solutions for what we need and it would work. But the equipment section right now, as it is portrayed by catalyst, I think is fundamentally flawed. And I think that that really needs to be looked at hard and it would just it would just make this a whole lot easier on, on those of us trying to come up with nice formats if they would, mm. because right now, you know, they have it at what um, intro tech, standard tech, um, advanced tech and experimental tech. That's in a nutshell. Correct. Yeah. What you're saying is the rules that they have established now do not lend themselves to an equipment restricting slash allowing format. Oh, correct. In, in a big way. Um, and I'm fine. I'm fine with them having those, those labels on them, but I don't think that, that, that corresponds to, to what plays well in a tournament setting and what doesn't. I think what needs to happen is they need to have a tournament levels, level one, level two, level three. Okay. Um, I see what you're saying. We touched on this in the experimental episode. We we did, but I think like thinking about it, this is, this is where it really comes into play is for tournaments, like for playing casually or playing campaigns. It doesn't matter. 
because like like the experimental fits well into the lore. But as Josh has pointed out, some ex- experimental stuff is equivalent or even less effective than standard things, and some standard or advanced equipment is either nearly broken or um, in a tournament setting just just makes it so not fun or or game breaking. So mm-hmm. instead, like ignore if you're doing a tor- tournament, ignore intro standard advanced experimental. Ignore that. And have all your equipment, uh, you know, into different levels. So level one, level two, level three. Mm-hmm. So experimental, one piece of experimental equipment might be in a level two or level one box, um, but another one might be a level three. And I would think that you know, level three would be like, don't play tournaments with these. It just doesn't work. Level doesn't one work. would be this is great for beginner level tournaments or people new to the game who who want to do a tournament, but uh, you know, just have fun. And level two would be for things like Southern Assault and and Nova and and places where people who know how to play the game are going there and trying to make a good balanced competitive list with good balanced fun equipment. So that's that's my opinion. If I were to maybe I'm arguing devil's advocate here a little bit. Um and you do have to kind of know the game pretty well and reverse engineer this, but do we kind of already have those levels with the books? I, I don't think so. Like, it, I mean, okay. in a in a nutshell, I would say in most cases, intro would go into to like level one, standard mm-hmm. would go into into level two. Like in most cases, but what I'm saying is that is that they need to be looked at individually and and organized in such a way so that there are no outliers. That, that don't fit in those sections. We need to reorganize all of that and come up with a standard in order to organize those into those sections, regardless of what it's in lore designation is. Okay. I think we'll expand on this, but we'll, we're going to be talking about it here in a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll circle back to this conversation. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think so, but in- <laughs> Denim is passionate about this level. Well, I, I we think will have... the equipment. The equipment part is the most broken part in in creating a format, in my opinion. That's okay. That's where I stand. All right, and lastly, we have Era, the most controversial. I want to say more BattleTech specific of an issue. Like yes. you don't see this in a lot of other games because that rules set is built around a kind of static rules level. And, Absolutely, and BattleTech yeah. is a moving target as time progresses. Yeah, and it all kind of overlaps with what Denim was just talking about because some eras equipment that happened before, yeah, like we all know Star League, Introtech, the Succession Wars, and then afterwards, it's a mess. It, it, it and more importantly, it's confusing for new players. Um, I had was it, there was a new local guy who was getting in, and he was like. Okay, so what do I take for like a beginner level game? And I was like, okay, so normally you people take max like 30, 25 and before. And then I like had to catch myself because his next question was, okay, I made a list with mechs that are all before 30, 25. And I was like, <laughs> I felt, Royal variants. Yeah, I felt like my a fedora landed on my head and I was like, actually, kid. Actually. <laughs> yeah. But if you're yeah. going to play, um, and if you want to put your game in a box, either competitively or for the pickup game, um, often with Battletech, you have to think about your era or eras. Another um, argument to to my to to my levels thing is because, like you said, 
something that's experimental in one era is could be standard in another. So when you've got your your tech designations are fluid, you need to have something that isn't fluid. You need to have a, a concrete box to put them in mm-hmm. that they will always be in, no matter what their their era designation is. Right. So that is just the section <laughs> on pre-game. Right. This is a list building phase. So everything we've talked about so far is putting your list in a box. And after you put your list in a box, you have to put your game in a box, right? Yeah. And that's, I want to, if I had to divvy this up, that'd be 50% of the problem is just the list building yeah. part. And the other 50% is, do you build missions? Where do you, where are the standard missions for this? Yeah. And there are there are examples in Total Warfare. I, I've gleaned through Total Warfare and looked at their creating a scenario. And Dustin's I've got like some opinions about those. <laughs> We've all looked at the Total Warfare. I, there has I've to be played them. I've there played ha- them. We oh, there because quote there has to be pre made missions in the big rule book for BattleTech, right? Right. I think it's a requirement. Yes. Technically, they're there. Yeah, like some of every, them are bad. Major, uh, like Battle Mech Manual doesn't, but Total Warfare and all of the the rule books that come in the box sets, every single one of them have scenarios. Yeah. Yes, Denim, I never thought of that, but the Battle Mech Manual should have some scenarios in the back. No, the Battle Mech Manual is just a manual for Battle Mechs. It's not how to play with your Battle Mechs; just how to use your uh, Battle Mech. Okay. Okay. I disagree. I think there should be like three <laughs> I mean, very I, simple. I disagree on a philosophical level, but not on okay. a technical level. All right. So Battleback Manual is perfect because it only does with what it says. It's true. It is, it it is, is the true. perfect box and it doesn't go outside of its box. But yes, for missions and slash scenarios, because some people call them differently depending on what they are. Um, the big question is how simple slash granular do you want to be? When you make these missions. Yes. Um, so when it comes to who wins and who loses, uh, sometimes you want to be thinking about how many points do you assign to your objectives and to what kind of things do you assign earning those points? Right. And then we'll Battle even get Tech. to a... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. As I said, Battletech is one of those games where you may not come to the conclusion or the completion of the of of your scenario or mission especially if it's destroy the other team mm-hmm. so you need a system that can tabulate points correctly and accurately uh at any point in the mission at any point yeah you can and, just stop who's in the lead and comma especially if you're playing in intro tech era comma you will find that half of the mechs are literally worthless if you're not playing with objectives. If you're yeah. playing kill only, especially in intro tech, you'll be like, why do light mechs exist? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get too technical about that, but for the most part, it's kind of true. Dustin, don't quote me. Light mechs don't have a purpose. I mean, also, also Dustin, light mechs don't have a purpose. I just don't want to offend people. So no, I make my I, I can, soft. I can ruin your day with a spider, but they're few and far between. That's true. That's true. Um, so you kind of want to balance after you think about your objectives. Um, there are two two basic things to think about. I I, I mean, maybe there's three, but 
my small brain has only figured out two basic things. It is whatever objectives you have created for your mission, be it some sort of capture the flag, area denial. Um, do you balance that with actually destroying things? Because both of those things are things that can happen in the game. We want to score what can actually happen in the game with the people, with the dice. And how do you wait? one or the other. So another thing to think about when creating your scenario, how much do you reward killing stuff? How much do you reward playing the objective, whatever that objective is that you have created? It's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. I'd say mission building is the hardest part out of all this though. Yeah. And like, Especially does, is, does yeah. clearing the, does killing all of the enemy trump the mission? You know, that that's a big, that's a big thing. Can you still can you lose a, all of your units, but still come up with a, a mission win? Yeah. Uh, that's a tactical victory, right? But not a strategic victory. Yeah. So how do you, how do you want to, how much do you want to wait the strategic victory? You know, did you, did you destroy the, the trucks carrying the ammo to reinforce, you know, that flank? Or did you just blow up all the escorts? One of those is a tactical victory. The other one's a strategic victory. And how do you reward your scenario or your players for that, whether you're playing casual or in a tournament setting? And th this is where I'm saying that there are no, there, there is no one right answer, but there are wrong answers for sure. <laughs> right. So after you've asked yourself these existential questions and looked deep inside of your Battletech playing heart, and you've written down what you think is the magnum opus for all Battletech formats... You've got to think, how difficult is it to actually list build for your format? Maybe less difficult these days and hopefully becoming more and more convenient. I don't know, easier as time goes forward as we gather more and more Battletech players. You have to actually get players to sit in the seat for your format. So how difficult is it to list build for your format? And this might sound strange if you're coming to Battletech from other places in the wargaming niche. But this is, I feel like Battletech is especially sensitive to this. You can create barriers to experience levels in your format. So if your format is overly, or not even overly, that's a subjective thing. How complicated is it to list build? If it's too complicated, you might turn people off and they won't want to show up because they can't figure out how to create a legal list for your pickup or tournament game. Um, so how difficult is it to list build for your format? You want to, if you're creating the format, put yourself in the shoes of somebody who's very new to Battletech. How confused am I? How hard is it to make this list? I've definitely designed mini formats for like the casual, like, oh, we're doing that this week, like at weekends group of games and I'll like build my list. I'm like, oh, I had this perfectly imagined. And someone's like, hey, I don't understand. Like, I was like, then I have to like literally take myself out of my shoes, put the mind right. in theirs, and like, oh, for what they're trying to do. Yeah, this doesn't work at all. Right. Like you bring yeah. all of your prior knowledge, all of your understanding of your own format that you just made to your own thought process. Your battletech and, biases, as I like to yeah. call them. Yeah. Right. Oh, I was just gonna say that it's still in that thought. Like people think so in so many different ways. Um so something that I, I would not, not only would not, could not think of, and that's like the first thing that pops into to somebody else's mind. So if you're going to be doing this, what you need to do is get it in front of as many people as possible and have mm. them build lists and then say, great, try and make one list that, that you think would be vanilla in this and then try to make one that just totally breaks it 
like like min max it to the best of your ability and see how creative you can get and you want as many examples as possible and that's going to show you the holes faster than anything that comes in the the next part of when building your own like personal format you have to answer most of these problems before they arise (laughs) because nothing's worse than like literally printing out a 60 page document Hmm. and someone (laughs) the first person who play tested with you is like yeah, this is garbage. I'm never playing this with you again. And they're like, but why? And I'm like, because these five problems of me setting up for game one. And I've mm-hmm. I've had that happen and I felt really bad. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, you can't can't speak enough for playtesting. You play test your format and the bugs will show up real quick. Um, especially with people who are fresh, not familiar with your play style, your format style. And these these problems will become pretty apparent pretty quickly. Right. Big, big, big thing that you just uh, that you just touched on there, Dustin, is mm-hmm. fresh people. So when you when you do your format and you do your play testing and then you get your notes, throwing the the next iteration at that same group of people, it's okay for some things, but really you want to take that and throw it to a whole new fresh group of people, right? Like they're every take, time if you can. Yeah, they're going to take the context from the last pile of crap you threw at them, and they're going to try to interpret that into this whole new regime of crap think. So you got to get fresh, fresh noses to sniff your crap format. <laughs> I'm taking that, I'm taking that way too far. <laughs> the whole crap analogy. Um, but playtesting is like it's 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 a huge, huge part of any of any design or development project. Huge, mm-hmm. huge part. At this point, let's put ourselves in these shoes and let's build our hypothetical mech bay format organically by talking amongst ourselves. That if we had Ooh. our dream format, what would it contain? So let's talk the first part. We, we talked about first restriction would be a BV, either a min right. or a max or something like a range or so at, least, the at least a max. <laughs> first question anyone asks, what BV should I build for? Right. And I think this question is entirely dependent on your era. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, that's a good point. because We should do era first. So first, first step, yeah, era. First step, era. See, era. I I thought that I, this was a conscious decision. This okay, conscious. I was like, part of me says era doesn't matter when you're playing a format. When you're coming, it doesn't matter. Then go ill clan. Like that's go go the most the, the most the most like, recent. So yeah. So if you're doing a tournament, people want to play with their toys, and the toys that are coming out are the current era. So if you're going to do a tournament and you don't care about era, do the latest. I say ill clan. Right. What I mean is. What is the current era? What is because the current era? If a new era comes out next year and we're still doing tournaments, that's what it will be for the next tournament. Will be okay. that era. But no, yeah. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one further. It's like when I say era doesn't matter. I mean all eras are available. Like if you want to build your Star League Defense Force, like first Star League pre Amaris, okay. and build that list and have it everything fluffy. Go for it. Because I fought that at Southern Assault and I was like, oh, here's my Ill Clan Sea Foxes versus some, you know, 2750s Star League. I got my butt kicked. So I'm pretty comfortable saying like era doesn't era matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. I, I would say that that's a good hypothesis. And through playtesting, we'd find out if era mattered or not. But for this, for this building, let's start with that. Let's start with era doesn't matter. Therefore, Battle era value. equals all. Yes. 
yeah, if you're going with 30, 25 mechs, you're going to have either a lot of them or really, really good pilots. Yes, that's true. So from the perspective of classic battle tech, I'll throw my favorite BV into the ring first, and that is 7,500 points. I think this allows flexibility. Um, it's a little light for late era stuff. It's a little light for clanners, especially those expensive pilots. Um, but you can still bring some chonkers in there and create kind of a diverse list. It, it definitely limits the number of clan mechs that you can have because 7,500 is about two and a half clan mechs. Or, it's very light. Or for- like you know, some clan mechs and some elementals. It's yeah. going to be tough to to be able to pull off a star, but that's that's fine because you're using clan tech. I think it's a little bit light for a tournament, but on the other hand, you can get some good games in in under two hours. Yeah. If, if both if both sides are 7,500. Uh, what about you? What's, what's your, throw your BV into the ring. What's your yeah. favorite format BV? Well, I mean, I just said that, that I thought 7,500 is a bit light, probably 8,000. Okay. Yeah. I like eight because it's close to 7.5. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, how about you? So I've, I've been going, part of the Escalation League was to try out a whole bunch of different point levels. Yeah. Like every Saturday, it was a random point level. Like I would practically roll for it the day of and then round it to a nice close number. Like we played 10K, we played 4K with, yeah. you know, whatever units you wanted. And I almost want to say there's something in between and there's no perfect BV. That's the problem. There's no perfect. You can go every game and it will not be enough or it'll be too much for whatever you're trying to do. There's no, the game is balanced around XBV now. That doesn't exist. So there is no perfect answer. I will go to, what's the word? The historical data in that BTCC, the like demo team official format was doing 6,500. But with the caveat of you had three, four pilots. And that's what turns it into 8,500 BV. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. You can play at the low and then just have a forced requirement to bring, you know, bring pilots. At that point, you could do 9,000, you could do 10,000. I'd be happy too. I probably wouldn't go more than that. So I'd say BV max mine, maybe 10K. I, I kind of like that. I, I kind of like the, as I'm thinking about it, like a higher BV, but instead of the BTCC where, where they say you have 65, but everybody gets gets free three, four pilots, um, go even a step further and say, you know, it's... 8,500 or 9,000 with the requirement that your pilots have to be at least three, four. Like this is a tournament setting. You don't have any green or regular pilots. These are all the best of the best because it's, it's tournament world or whatever. Your vets. So you have to, you can have lower to it, you know, to whatever you you allow, but a minimum of three, four to keep the games going. Like, like games will go faster if you don't have people with, uh, you know, with super heavy, mechs with with five six pilots i don't want to spend 12 hours watching your mechs flop on the ground like a fish exactly exactly yeah um so Uh, yeah so so my my bv would be 10k so if you throw a an average on it it's somewhere around eight five nine yeah uh so let's talk the number of units you allow your players to bring to your format table i have a strong i i feel like this one's built into battletech you have lances you have stars and you have level twos. So somewhere between four and six is my favorite answer to this question. If it's four a battle six. mech only tournament, I agree mm. with you. I like Ooh. those. Ah, so this, I guess 
this is the problem that all the all of the different points need to be moved. All the levers need to be balanced at once. You can't balance one without right. balancing another. Do you have a straight answer before we blend the two questions together, Jeff? God, no. <laughs> I'm going to say minimum one. Yep. Like, if you want to take your one super heavy that's zero, zero pilot, I don't care. Uh, oh, I hate that. Mr. All your eggs. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I fully support all your egg armies. Wow. I'm not, okay. not going to say they're good. That's why through armor, uh, that's why through armor crits exist. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as an invisible, invincible um, unit in BattleTech. But if you are playing for time, I don't want more than six of those. You know, all an egg. I don't want. I want your half dozen eggs or your one egg. So one to six. But you don't like one ten or twenty because man, watching people try to take that's the thing. Moves. It's exponentially more time the more mechs you put out on the field yes. the other issue is at that if you go above six then you start doing the weird doubling you might have more than twice the number of units and everyone's like oh you have twice the more than me and then we have to stop and break out the calculator on who goes i go because me and you played denim and we even had to do that for like our five to six game i, w- I want to well, actually test yeah. this but i'm pretty sure the where you ask yourself the question, does my opponent have twice as much or half as much as I do? I think all those rules break down into that logic. Oh, it does. Question. It does. But yeah. but it's 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 the breaking it down part. So if you've got like right. like uh, seven versus nine, you know, you don't go seven nine, then then you know uh, seven eight. Um, it goes seven nine six eight. Uh, yeah so it goes you until have to do both at the has. same time until it's doubled or halved and that's where people that's where it trips people up and you've got to right. stop and think for a second but yeah so you know it, it's easy in a nutshell but hard when you're also thinking about 78 other things that are going on right now yeah of course but also also six is you know the max squad level size number for battle tech for battle it, tech, it's right. a in lore supported number and i'm like we yep. can use a little piece of the lore for our format for the classic this is all from a classic perspective um so now to blend the two questions together you're talking about um min and max numbers of units denim but the next question is what kind of units are you allowing in your format so do you allow just mechs or just armor weirdo or do you allow both and battle armor and infantry and land air mechs and submarines but anyways this one is 100% dependent on what sort of missions and or scenarios I'm planning on running. This one's split for me because if I'm running if I'm running a casual game, um, I I am much more willing to allow more units. So I I like to break the units allowed into number of books to be brought. Battle mech, mili- Battle mech Manual is the thinnest book. So if you keep your game restricted to just Battle Mechs, you can bring the thin book. If you allow everything in Total Warfare, that really opens up the game. And for a casual game, I really like that. Um, so I love playing out of Total Warfare, uh, which casual format, uh, my answer is everything in Total Warfare, which is infantry. And oh my God, are lambs in Total Warfare? No. Okay, no, good. Not. Those are not allowed. But uh, you know what are? Drop ships. They- they were taken out, I think, in 94. Uh, they were taken out of the, the main uh, rule book. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't allow a dropship, so I guess I'd have to put some caveats on that. <laughs> Usually, I like to keep it to battle mechs, armor, and 
battle armor and infantry for a casual game and for tournament setting so far i've just kept it to battle mechs and i know you have different opinions on this here's here's one one possible like caveat to that that we might want to think about Yes. Um, I, I do agree for time constraints, especially when you're doing four or six, four to six units, you know, mm-hmm. battle mech versus battle mech is like, that's what the game is essentially about. Yeah. But if you're doing a bigger tournament and you do want to allow them, uh, why, why not just allow the, the battlefield support assets instead of actual vehicles or infantry just just use mm. the uh, the asset ones so they're they're simplified they go faster they all have to go before battle mechs do so they aren't mixed in with the with the turn initiative hmm. um it's interesting but it has that flavor of a combined arms army especially for scenarios because they can they can't capture a point but they can contest a point type of thing i see um so so that might be it an easy way to add some of that flavor without overcomplicating the game and making it drag out too long. I wouldn't allow them because a, those are still in beta because they're constantly playing with the points and stuff. Well, right, right. now we wouldn't, but what happens when they're out of beta? <laughs> <laughs> well, right now they're still changing up battlefield support points. So I, I don't know if that's ever going to be a competitive level thing where it's like, Oh, what's the price of this? Well, I have cards I could buy and they're already now playing with the points. So I differentiated between casual and competitive when I was talking about what I allow. Um, Denim, would you allow the battlefield support in a competitive setting or just in a casual setting? Uh, if I'm doing a, if I'm doing a level two tournament. I uh, would probably, levels yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, that's what I'm saying is that that's where that comes into. So a level one, no mechs only on level one, level two, you know, would, would be optional or like light uh, battlefield support, like, or like landmines or artillery or airstrikes or whatever. And then, you know, a level three tournament would just allow all the cards Okay. in, in my head that that's how that would break down. To yeah. circle back to the original, uh, the original blending of the question, how many units and what kind of units what are your answers for like those combinations? I think you said you're cool with the four to six for just mechs, but yeah, if it's yeah. combined, I don't know. Are, yeah. Oh, okay. Because, because combined, I would say, I would say use your asset cards, which are independent. So it's still four to six mechs, but how many battlefield support points are you allowing each person for assets, which, you know, can't, can't control a point just contest you know type contest. of thing so okay. like they they aren't there they're there to assist but not to score right. so so they don't count as much so i still think four to six max period across the board okay okay That's, the other stuff is just flavoring depending on what type of tournament we're planning on on doing but i don't I'm, think they count towards the unit limit i almost want to say for re- for like babies first don't don't do anything but max because then you can just point to the ba- you can point to the battle mech manual and just be mm-hmm. good and be like if it's not in there it's not allowed and that's part of our allowed units thing it's like can you run everything in that mech off out of looking only through the battle mech manual and the answer is no mm-hmm. it's not allowed which is hard because then you have to like go through and like oh then you have to have this equipment because list. it's not standardized yet <laughs> oh, it kills yeah. me so much so this but brings us to our was, <laughs> yeah this brings I'm us telling to you, everything next... points back to point points back to to reorganizing right the equipment 
And I agree. I want it to be the, so that brings us to our next question, which is what equipment do you allow? And unfortunately, as we covered in the experimental episode, there's no true alignment of the books that is Battle Mech Manual, Total Warfare, and all the other books to, you cannot go to the master unit list and select Battle Mech Manual only, Total Warfare only, etc. I wish you could, but you cannot yet. Um, But for for the sake of the question, what kind of equipment do you allow in your scenario? I'll answer real quick. I'll go right back to what I said before. If it's like a competitive format, I want to narrow it down. So I'm going to be battle mech manual only equipment. And if I'm playing a casual game, um, I'll do both. As with in that conversation where you set up your format, I will say I'm going to bring some experimental stuff or some tactical tech ops stuff. Are you okay with that as my opponent? And then you'll say yes or no. And then I'll just get total warfare. But I'm saying if we're restricting it to mechs only, absolutely just the stuff that's in the battle mech manual, I'm fine with for a tournament. Mm-hmm. 100%. Everyone knows what the facing of a mech is from the battle mech manual mechs. Yeah. Right. Right. There's no tripod rules. So I don't bring tripods. There's no vehicles. Because what happens if your mech, if your vehicle doesn't have a turret and you hit the turret, what happens? Do I go searching through total warfare to find out? Does my mm-hmm. opponent know? Do I trust my opponent? Right. Yep. No, I want to be able to look in my single small rule book that is very concise and proven to work for 99.9% of cases. Yep. Keep it uh, simple. If it's just one book, that's that's so much easier. Yeah. Absolutely. So we've got BV, we've got min and max units to the table. We've got kinds of units that you're allowed to bring or not bring. The kind of equipment that is on those units. What else is there? Well, there's this whole thing called tactical operations. AKA canonized house rules. Yes. And some of those are for our benefit. Some of those are for our flavor. And and if they reorganize all of this <laughs> into level one, two, and three, then it would be easy. But quit, until they quit do, asking, Denim. Quit asking. Until they do. No, this is important. Until they do, I say no. So floating crits, which is a canonized house rule in the battle mech manual. Right. Okay, but that's in the battle mech manual. Okay. Yeah. See, and that's, that's what the... we're saying. If it's if it's an optional rule in the the battle mech manual, then it is up to us to decide which optional rules that are in the battle mech manual. But if it's not, if it's in tac ops, no, no, because it's it's another book. And if we're doing a format that's going to 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 last the test of time, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna lose out on a little bit of flavor. But it's all just gonna be one book, and that's I think that is key. I, I will say. So as like kind of a hybrid opinion on this, or I don't know if I'm hybridizing anybody's opinion, but my opinion on this is is house rules or fan rules or tac ops rules. um, I would say they can add a lot of flavor to your tournament as long as you keep it minimum, minimal, like one, maybe two max. Like I don't want to have to rethink my whole entire paradigm of playing Battletech because I'm an out of the books kind of player to play in your tournament. And so I would extend that to my own tournament. I would pick basically nothing, but there's, you know, multiple attack dice, which is an alpha strike rule, but nonetheless, it's a rule that's in the book that is used in Southern assault. I I really like the flavor that that adds to the tournament. So I I just keep it like spice, you know, not too much salt, just a little bit, just one, maybe two, not too many, uh, not too many tack ops rules in there. Yeah, I, I say I say no because that's another book you'd have to bring. Okay. I mean, there's enough optional rules in the Battle Mech Manual. And I do like your answer the most. Yeah, the, what answer? The, 
keep it keep it to the the special boxes in the battle battle mech manual i like that a lot if you're going any further than battle mech manual in my opinion you're running like a scenario with like a specific purpose like i'm trying to tell a story and these are the rules that i need to tell that story or there's a sheet that for for printing in the back of the battle mech manual that has like here are all the optional rules in the battle mech manual with check boxes that you can just Ah. check and say these are these are the ones that we are using all of these have been checked. If they're not checked, we are not using those. So it even comes with a piece of paper already made to, Incredible. Just, to, to make that <laughs> easy for you. And that's the same piece of paper that has like the the notes for hidden units or if you've got landmines ah. or to mark off like how many airstrikes or artillery you have and have used. You know, it's 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 a piece of paper that has all that. It's easy. Nice. It comes right out of the book. You can put it down in front of each table and that's what they use. And we're <laughs> still just using one book. Nice. It even has all of the, here's what forced withdrawal means. And it has them listed. So you could just glance at your piece of paper. There there they all are, right there. This was a controversial one, but it's one that I've been asked a bunch. Should there be a sideboard or a multi-list for multiple missions? Uh, this this goes under the... the um, Fan optional rules? The, the, there are... It can be one of the correct answers. Uh, so yes or no works. It depends on it. It it just depends on on how you're running. Like you could make that work. That that is something that oh I've made it work. It or don't want it. I've I've played it and I've made it work yeah. and I've you know built it and I've made it work. And I've done it. I would say it depends on the scenarios and if that's something that that we want for our Mech Bay format, then we need to think about that right now. Because that's going to influence the other design choices we make. But yes or no are both correct answers. Yeah, I don't like it just because I think you should build a flexible list. And I think not having a sideboard forces you to think of all these things ahead of time and incorporate that into your list. It, it certainly makes it so that things are more polarized. So either people have a an all or not, I mean, a, um, a jack of all trades army or Mm -hmm. a hyper specialized one which is going to win unless someone makes the specific counter to it that's that's the one problem with uh with your way dustin where with a sideboard Mm -hmm. you 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 don't feel as pressured to make a a hyper specialized list or you can see what somebody's hyper specialized list is and and tweak yours a little bit so you could at least counter that without disrupting your plans too much or just Mm -hmm. saying well i guess i lose I will say you have to be very explicit on the rules for like when you choose the sideboard stuff. Like if you know you're playing, you know, Joey next and you know Joey's got a all golden BB list. Pharaoh Laminar. Yeah, I, I could like even before I officially know that he's my opponent, but I just know like, oh, the only person I haven't played let is Joey and Joey's list does X and I have enough on my sideboard to counter that completely and he does not because his whole list is that like there that is a legal question like if yeah, i know but, but if, if you know that much about joey maybe he knows enough about you that that uh that he can say oh well he's probably going to going to do that therefore i will use my sideboard and and change sideboard these his sideboard out. yeah so like they have they also have a sideboard. Yes. So. No, I understand that. I'm just like, that is one of the issues a lot of people don't think about when they add in a sideboard. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, you have I, to, you have I to. devoted my sideboard to completely countering this person's list. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you had just built one list, would you have would both of you have built more balanced, not rock, paper, scissors? Like there only comes down to three lists then, kind of thing. Well, that's but that's a that's a philosophical <laughs> question again. Yeah. This is a philosophical an existential episode. Um so once you've gotten all those, those are just like that's the list building part of the box. Now we go to the other side of the box. Do you even include the missions? Do you know the missions ahead of time? Or is this a blind drop? I don't know. I, I've seen both missions included and missions not included. And, and the not knowing, like it knots my stomach up, but but it's kind of a it's kind of a, you know, you you just don't know. But also on the flip side of that, you know, if I'm pretending that it's an in-lore game, then uh, you know, my commander is making is making battle plans. And and of course, I'm not going in blind. I know the general battle plan in, in a war. So I'm going to tweak my army to to do what I think the enemy is going to, to do against. So I kind of I'd say if I had to choose, I'd say include the missions. But okay. I'm not going to cry about it if they're secret until until as long as they're secret for everybody. Dustin, what about you? This is so funny, too, because it's contradictory to what I've done in the past. I would like to do blind missions because I like to encourage diverse or take all comers list building in my, since we're talking tournaments, tournament. Um, So I'd like to do blind missions, but in reality, I've never been able to do that. I've had to play test the missions to make sure they at least play well and smoothly. So I've had to do open missions. I would like to do blinds. I don't think there's a huge issue with doing open missions. No, I... I come from more of a narrative tournament kind of background from all of my war games. Like they were tournaments, but there was no prizes. So it was just like, yeah, just show up and have fun kind of things. And because of that, all the missions were blind. So you built a list and you would just go in with what you wanted to take that day. And it was how well you built your list, how well you knew your stuff and whatever the missions were at that day. Like you could, you could bug the TO, the tournament organizer and be like, yeah, there'll be a mission. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. How did you? How did you like that? I actually liked that because I couldn't stress about my. <laughs> I say I couldn't stress, stress about my list building, but Less. I would stress just as much about my list building. <laughs> but then I couldn't tune. I, I couldn't have like the perfect tool for the job, which is you know, in war you never have the perfect tool for the job. You right? You know, you have the tools you have. Adapt. Overcome. Overcome. There you go. Uh, and that was kind of fun. Like I, I enjoyed that more than I would think I would. Just kind of rising to the occasion, dropping in blind. We like okay. Then the TO would be like, "All right, turn three. This happens. Everyone react." And it's like, "Whoa, that's even crazier." I didn't like that. I'll, I'll put it that way. Like once, <laughs> once, once, once the paper is given, that that should be the end of it. But no twists. No twists. At least no twists that aren't written down. <laughs> But so I enjoy the blind missions. I enjoy reacting to what's happening, but I also don't mind knowing the missions because then that lets me practice that. Right. I'm kind of 50 50. That's just a whatever you want to do for your tournament, I'll say. Yeah, I'm pretty 50 50 on that one too. Experience for half of it, but I'm- yeah, like I said, I probably have more blind missions in my belt, <laughs> which is a little shocking, mm-hmm. even for Battletech. Like, but then again, most. Uh, <laughs> Was it fifty percent of my tournament games are just kill the BV, kill the BV? Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's my fault. You're fine. Um, uh, 
so that's missions. But what other things? Are there any other things we want to discuss that need to go into a hypothetical mech bay format? If we're ready to kind of take a step back and take a kind of a meta look at all of the questions we've asked tonight, mm-hmm. I have some thoughts on that. Please, go. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, I think before you answer all these questions, surprise, I'm putting this at the end, you want to ask yourself, like, what to be lame and corporate about it. You want to ask yourself, what are your guiding principles? Um, but to be less lame about it, you you want to ask yourself, what kind of a vibe am I creating uh, for my tournament or pickup game? But do you want it to be more sweaty or less sweaty? I don't think there's a wrong answer to that question. I just think you need to ask yourself that question before you answer all of the things that we've talked about tonight. Do you want it to be geared towards uh, newer players, or do you want to reward veterans who have thoroughly explored the Battletech system and learned all of the little tricks to the game? I, I think those are the two big ones off the top of my head, the two kind of big vibe questions you got to ask yourself. And I don't think there's really wrong answers to those, but th- those will help you answer those questions. Like, what kind of BV limits? What kind of equipment do I want to let people bring? Well, are you are you are you playing a knife edge experienced players tournament? Then there's room for that. But if it's like a casual thing for new players, it's friendly for everybody. You're going to want to say no to that. You yeah. know, those kinds of questions. So just think about that. I'm a big proponent of reducing everyone's fun by a small amount. If someone's like, Oh, I had, I had a great time but nobody there said I had a terrible time and I'm never doing this again. Then I succeeded. The right. net funness is greater than when everyone came there. Like no one yeah. lost fun. Yeah, I'll agree with you. When it comes to me, and you know, when I'm thinking of these questions, I want I want people to have fun. So I'm going to make those decisions, and I want my tournaments to be beginner friendly because I'm trying to get butts in chairs. So I, I want my tournament to be easy enough for the player who's got three games under their belt. Yeah, this this is the so. first quote unquote year of big battle tech at conventions. Yeah, start small, start small, start little. Yeah. <laughs> if you want, if you want to do five k BV at an intro tech, go for it. Get your feet wet, and then yeah. the next month, be like, okay, let's start sp- planning for the big one. Gonna dial it up a little bit. Yeah, you want to send us home, Dustin? We'll send us back to the bay, back to the hangar. Remember to send your inquiries to the Podcast at gmail.com and the MechBay Podcast on Facebook. See photos of our work on our Instagram, also the MechBay Podcast. Come hang out with us on our Discord link in the show notes. 